everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. He is a former United States Marine Corps Lieutenant Colonel, conservative political commentator, television host, military historian, and New York Times best-selling author, his latest, American Heroes on the Home Front, The Hearts of Heroes, in collaboration with Marine Corps veteran Bob Hamer. Together, they have heart-wrenchingly, but brilliantly, penned the lives of some of our wounded military and their families, where another kind of battle rages and another kind of courage needed. It's their story, ladies and gentlemen, their struggles, yet their victories in the face of seemingly unsurmountable odds our next guest will be sharing with us today. Would you welcome to testimony a great honor indeed, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. Colonel North, welcome to testimony. It's great to be with you and your audience. Thank you. Well, it is such a pleasure to have you on Testimony Where Truth is Told, Lives are Changed, and Hope is Given. But before we get to your book today, Colonel, would you briefly tell our audience how you came to faith in Jesus Christ? Please, Colonel, tell us that story. Well, I had a great role model. I believe in leadership by example. I think that if everybody thinks about it, how did you learn to tie your shoes? It's not because somebody told you how to do it. It's because someone showed you how to do it. So I'm a big believer in people who not just talk the talk, but who walk the walk. And I happened to have one of those in 1978 when I was a young Marine major. He was my battalion commander. And without going through all the drama of what led up to it, he handed me a copy of the good book and said, you know what? If you're going to come to know your Lord and Savior, you better read this. And so I started at Genesis, and I finally got to Matthew's Gospel. In Roman, in, in Matthew's Gospel, a Roman centurion walks up to Christ in Capernaum. It's right there in chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. And he talks to Jesus about a sick servant. And Jesus says, well, sure, let's go. And the Roman officer, captain of infantry, and I had been one of them, a captain of infantry, says, No, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come into my house. All you have to do is say the word, and my servant will be healed. I'm a man of authority. You're a person of authority. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And, of course, both in Matthew and Luke's gospel, the servant is healed. Now, I had that kind of example as a leader. And the rest of that story is in my first book called Under Fire. Had it not been that way, I think my life would have been a whole lot different on this globe and in eternity. But thankfully, I came to know Jesus Christ through that reading of the gospel, that terrible night in 1978 on a USS Austin as we were making our transit across to become the landing force for the Sixth Fleet. Colonel, what do you say to the men and women of our military that are seeking spiritual guidance in an overly political correct environment? Well, Jensen, I look at. I, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a theologian. I, I can only act what I believe. Okay, I, I act out my faith, 
And so I don't try to proselytize. I don't try to, you know, say, here's what you've got to do. I try to show them. I've been that way since I came to know the Lord in 1978. I've been that way on every one of these now 57 deployment embeds for Fox News Channel. And when a young Marine or soldier or sailor or airman comes up to me and says, why are you different? Why aren't you worried when we go out in these gunfights? Why aren't you, why aren't you terribly concerned? Because I know where I'm going, and I know where, where I'm, I know where I'm going, and why I'm going there. And so, if you if you reflect your faith, I think it shows others that there's a reason why a person is showing their faith. You know, just talk about it. You know, I can I can go to Romans ten nine and show you what you got to do to get there, right? Because it says if you. You know, confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe that he was raised from the dead on the third day, you will be saved, right? And so I can quote that. I can show them that in the good book where Paul wrote it. But the reality of it is you've got to show it. So you can't just talk the talk. You've got to walk the walk. Amen, Colonel. And you certainly have done that in your life. So many of the stories in your book, American Heroes on the Home Front, are unbelievably courageous and inspiring. They leave little room for self-pity. In particular, the story of Marine Sergeant Tim Lee. Can you expound? Well, Tim and I have been friends for decades. And there are, as you point out, Gentine, it's not just about this war. The very first story in this book is my Navy corpsman who saved my life on the battlefields of Vietnam and who was subsequently terribly wounded with a shard of a mortar round through his helmet into his brain. And Tim Lee and Al Carpenter are also Vietnam stories because they are an inspiration to those young guys and gals who have been so badly hurt in this campaign. And so I put them in there as an inspiration to everybody. Tim Lee lost both his legs. If you suffered a double traumatic amputation in Vietnam, the odds are about 97% you would have died. Tim Lee lived. Tim Lee went through grueling, repeated surgeries. And Tim Lee is today one of the greatest evangelists I've ever been with. He knows the Lord. He's unashamed to say so. And like I said a few moments ago, he shows it everywhere he goes. He's a great inspiration to young troops, even in an environment where it's very secular. And one of the great things I see out there on the battlefield is these young men may be able to take the vulgarity to the level of a new art form, but they are totally unashamed to gather in a prayer circle. All those photographs you see in these American Heroes books of young soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marines gathered to pray, no one told him to do that. No one ordered him to do that. Very often it's a young E3, Lance Corporal, or specialist in the Army, who just says, hey guys, we're going out on a dangerous mission. When you see them bow their heads and put their arms around each other's shoulders, they're not going out on a football field. They're going into mortal combat against an enemy who wants to die trying to kill them. And to a remarkable extent, it's happening today because, one, the military is much smaller. Number two, Many of those motivated to join the military today have come from what I can only describe properly to be a Judeo-Christian background. That's important because the administration in Washington is treating our military like a laboratory for radical social experimentation. And the good news is we've still got lots of God-fearing young men and women who serve in our military who are willing to set the example that they're not going to act like Apparently, this administration feels it'd be okay to do. Amen. Amen. 
Colonel, it's been 50 years since the Vietnam War. Why was it important for you to go back and revisit the horrors of a time most veterans want to forget, and how did that affect you? Well, I th look, there was a time, you know, certainly through the 70s and 80s and even the early 90s, when America just rejected people who served in the military. I mean, those of us who went off to Vietnam and came back uh, very often were ordered before we got off the plane that brought us back to the States and got on another plane to go home, were ordered, take off your uniform because of the opposition of the war. I came back in 1969. I was on crutches, right? And I was ordered and at the San Francisco airport, take off your uniform before you get on this commercial flight back to Pittsburgh to meet my lovely wife and the baby that had been born. That happened because the politicians, and quite frankly, our colleagues in the mainstream media, had blamed the soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines for the loss of the war. The war was lost, but not on the battlefields of Vietnam. It was lost in the corridors of power in Washington. And so the press, academe, the big riots that occurred in Washington, D.C., changed our military, initially badly. But by 1980, you had a requirement in the military that was much smaller, an all-volunteer force, that likens them back to, quite frankly, these, these youngsters serving in this war right now. Every one of them is a volunteer. There's not been a time since the American Revolution where everyone fighting a war for our country has been a volunteer. And so the good news is they've recovered from that terrible era of Vietnam and post-Vietnam. And I want them to know what those who read this thing, the family members of those who've, who've bought this book, as I've signed it all over the country, I want them to know what guys like Tim Lee and Al Carpenter and their families went through and my wife and my children. It's not about me, but those stories going back to Vietnam with Al Carpenter, Tim Lee, and of course, Doc Fowler, who saved my life, reflect that era. And remarkably young guys coming back from this war say, we should never have been treated you that way. We're not going to be treated that way. God willing, they won't be. Amen. Well, the book is brilliantly written. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, his latest release, American Heroes on the Home Front, the Hearts of Heroes. Colonel North, does God give our wounded warriors an extra measure of His grace when devastation hits hard? Or is this purely training? What are your thoughts on that? No, I think it's both. I mean, there are certainly some folks going through this grueling ordeal of recovery who don't have necessarily a strong spiritual background. But my observation, and I think Jack Fowler would, would agree with this, is that those who recover best and fastest, who move on with their lives, do so in large part because of, one, the personal connections back to loved ones, and number two, spiritual reinforcement. I mean, Jack boldly puts in his protocol, I'm not going to give you psychotropic drugs. I am going to try to help you, help you heal your body, your mind, and your spirit. And that spirit, of course, is, is reinforced by God's grace. And, and the remarkable number of these young Americans reflect that in what they say and what they do. Again, it's doing it, not just saying it, that makes a difference. Amen. Ollie, if I may, you just recently celebrated your 70th birthday, the Iran-Contra scandals behind you, and all that life has thrown your way. If you had to pick just one thing to be remembered for, what would it be and why? Well, 
husband of one, uh, father of four, uh, grandfather of 14, and Lord willing more. Uh, on my last day, I hope that someone will, when they put me in the ground at Arlington, uh, in addition to all the, the government puts on the front of that grave marker, somebody will put the, the words that mean the most to me from Paul's second letter to Timothy. And, and those words, of course, are, he fought the good fight, he, kept, he finished the race, and he kept the faith. And, and that's not simply because I can talk about it. It's simply because I showed those 14 grandkids, I showed those four kids and their mates, and Lord willing, my wife, that you can be, in the words of the Marine Corps, semper fidelis, Latin for always faithful. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the legendary Colonel Oliver North. You can learn more about Ollie and his life's work by going to OliverNorth.com. Get a first edition signed copy of American Heroes on the home front and join the fight in supporting our wounded warriors and their families at FreedomAlliance.org. Colonel North, thank you for taking the time to share with us on testimony as Revelation 12:11 states, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You have done this, sir, and exceedingly more. God bless you, and on behalf of all Americans everywhere, we thank you and we salute you. Gentine, I appreciate the chance to be with you, and because I know you're broadcast in Jerusalem. To all our friends over there, we're looking forward to seeing you again with some new American friends, and they can also sign up for that at OliverNorth.com. Thank you, Gentine. Thank you. God bless you. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenbard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D dot com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.